Hi folks, I am Alan Watt. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 7th of January, 2018. I hope you've all had a good New Year, as they say, a Hogmanay, as you would say in Scotland, and have recovered from it too, because most folk overdo it. The liquid uh, area of it, generally, in some countries, more so than others. And, of course, they regret it later on too. But the thing is, have you all noticed the weather, eh? I mean, I hope you've noticed the weather. That they're making, they're going to a lot of lens to make sure you notice the weather. But the incredible sub-zero temperatures up here in northern Ontario—it's just amazing. For about a week now, it's been about minus thirty at times, minus forty at night. Often, the worst part of night is just before the dawn. That's, that's the coldest part generally. If you include, on top of all that. The wind chill factor, you're, whoa, it's astronomical. I, don't, I got a bit of frostbite on my nose. My nose. I try to look at it, but I get cross-eyed when I do that. But just a, just a little bit, because I was out there for the last two or three days, a few days actually, fixing my car. I had no option. I'd had it into a garage. I don't, I don't generally take them to garages. But because of all the snow and everything else and the sub-zero temperatures, I thought, I'll, I'll get these guys to, f- to fix this one problem. And I wanted them to flush out. It was called stop leak for power steering pumps. Because I had a leak at one point, then I, I fixed the, 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 the leak. And I put a new little cooler rad for God. It's, it's, it's an, a separate rad for the power steering pump. A brand new one. But I wanted them to flush out. I put that in. But I wanted these, these guys in the garage to flush out the system. And they didn't. They charged me for it. And a few days later, I went up to town. I, I don't use the car too much. I went up to the garage, the, local, the garage just up the road from me. The, like, it's a gas station, really. And, and just coming out of it, it started howling. I thought, oh, there's a pump gone. Because I had it in the back of my mind, did these guys flush this stuff out or not? Because the stop leak stuff, which you add to the oil, and it's not all stop leak, it's kind of like a chewing gum thing. It's kind of thickish. And it's not really an oil, and it should be flushed out as soon as you can. And it was only in there temporarily. And so there you go. It, it wasn't, and <laughs> there's a block somewhere, it cost a block somewhere with the sub-zero temperatures. And bang went the pump. I managed to just, just get to, to the, into my driveway. But for the last few days, I've been taking this thing apart and the whole, out there in those temperatures, you wouldn't believe it. It's an experience, and I don't regret experiences. Honestly, they kill you because if they kill you, you can't look back and think about it. So I like to think about things after they happen. But a few days on the trot there, that kind of temperature—how fast you got to take your gloves off when you're using bolts and nuts and certain tools. And a lot of the work you do in a vehicle, you got to feel it. Sometimes you can't see the thing. That's how they build them these days. It's called progress, but. You find that your tools are sticking to your fingers when you do that. Only for a, only for a little while, boof, very quickly. And then your nose starts running. At one point I had to come in because my eyes were frosting. My, my eyelids were, uh, the, the lashes were frosting together. And when I came in, of course, you got all this white frost over the front of your face because the breath is coming back and it creates this little sheet of ice on you. And uh, I thought, I looked at the mirror, I said, gee whiz, you're looking really pale, Alan. You know? And I certainly was. But there you go, That's that was my, I just kind of finished it, some of it and most of it today, in fact. 
the temperature, I think, is to go up naturally once I've done it a, a few degrees, so it might be easier. But uh, that's my saga for the new year. Meaning, yeah, you're going to eat more of that stuff again. You, you know what it's called. For this year, you did look last year too. That's the way it goes. Some of us get the breaks and some of us don't. That's just the way it goes. But here's the new year. And the new year will be just as bad as the last year. <laughs> in most respects, because we're in a, an, in a new system. I've, I've talked about this for years and how we're trained. We're trained for the new system. If you go back into the old Bernays techniques, and this is so important, so important, Bernays is the one who, who vocalized what many of them in that particular area of mass merchandising, mass manipulation and and marketing, so, which but they already knew about the public. And he was, the, again, the nephew of Freud, Sigmund Freud. Bernays himself, just like Freud, were part of a kind of revolutionary movement, you say, too. I really mean that, too, for destroying the old system to bring in a brand new system and get rid of all the old gods and so on, and bring in their own god, which is themselves, as the masters of intellect and psychology and psychiatry. And they hoped to create a new kind of world by managing the fears of everybody else and, and telling everybody else what was wrong with them and, and getting paid awfully lucratively for it. But Bernays used the same techniques of unconscious or subconscious drives and used them against the people for, for profit. Freud used his techniques to get profit from treating people where Bernays actually was going to exploit them, and he did. He exploited them. He worked for different presidents, too, awfully good at what he was asked to do, to, to alter the opinions of people, and even to get them into World War I, by the way. He was given the task by the president of Wilson and the, the crew around Wilson, to tr- and even formed a, a marketing company just for that, and put books out on why they'd have to get into war. And then, then after the, the war was over, naturally, they, they, having tremendous egos, he boasted about it and said how, how clever he was at manipulating a whole country into that. But he also, also used the American military for his private enterprises by getting them into, I think it was at Venezuela, and it was an American fruit company. So one of his clients, they were breaking away and demanding more rights and so on, wages and all that. So on behalf of his client, he, he got the military, military to go in and call them communists and, uh, and they got rid of their leaders. But that's the, that's really, that's the chutzpah of the world. Real boldness, as the knights say, you see, and that's part of the old Masonic lore as well, and the Templar lore. Bold, you're a bold knight. Bold is someone who breaks the conventions of rules and does something audacious. And because of that, he, if he's lucky, he'll get away with it and he'll succeed. He'll do it entirely unexpected because everyone else is so cautious and they follow the rules. That's the idea. But Bernays said, if you want to alter people's opinions on things, don't start from the grassroots. He said, look for existing institutions and go and see the leaders. And of course you can bribe them and pay them money and you can call it anything you want, big donations, whatever, such as preachers and so on, and you get them to get their flocks to follow you. The same techniques were used when George Bush Jr. was in because he, he asked all the top televangelists and radio evangelists in the big known guys in to, to, to see him. And he basically paid them off if they would bring all their congregations on board. And that's how it works. 
use existing organizations that are already there. Followers are followers, and they tend to go along with the leaders, and even if they don't understand why. And that's an important part of it, too. They really don't care about understanding why some of the time. A lot of folk will join the military and go to war and, and be quite happy with the very basic, simplistic, and often and generally absurd propaganda that's used at the time. And they'll stay with that their whole life long. They choose to stay with that their whole life long. And uh, it's good enough for them. But Bernays himself knew how to use the sexual techniques against the people. It's a very important drive, incredible drive, because if we don't have that, there's, there's no procreation, there's no, there's no children born, and we, we die off, basically, as a, as a people. But Bernays himself also, as I say, was a revolutionary. In fact, he wanted to fund very avant-garde French plays and across America, that was a time of the absurd painting where the eye would be down at the chin, like Picasso stuff, you know. And the real art and, and uh, works of art, genius there. It is too, if you stand on your head, you can actually make something out. But if you look at what Bernays was pushing too, some of them were plays about the, the standard stuff, push sex until, until there's no restraints at all, no social restraints on sexual activity. It didn't, they never touch, of course, on the, on the fallout from it. But that's part of the agenda. We've, we've all lived through it. We've seen it in our own lifetimes, most of us, where you simply get the state to pay for abortions uh, and treat all the venereal diseases that you can treat that are an offshoot of it too. And you have all these lawyers and social departments to deal with the breakups of families and all that kind of stuff. Total socialism, you see. And, and the big boys at the top want that. That's what they planned. And they're the richest people on the planet. You've got to get out of this, this little hole you've been put into as a left wing or a right wing and see it as it really is. And whatever works for the ones at the top, whatever they want to call it, they'll use it. Just like the, the far, far, whatever you want to call it, the, the, the Western world, studied the communist techniques and the communists studied the Western techniques. And whatever worked really, really well, they would use. That makes perfect sense, of course, if, you want, and if you're really into control. But Bernays himself, as I say, even promoted a French play <laughs> to do with a guy who deliberately goes out of his way, kind of Nietzsche in a way, and, and contracted syphilis, and then he has a syphilitic child with, with, with the woman, and it goes on and on and on. And it was promoted as a kind of good thing, and why, why don't you dare to do all this stuff? Because remember, the whole idea was to obliterate society as it stood. And certain people wanted to totally destroy all cultures, all everything, and bring in a new system. And psychiatry was born for that reason. It was psychology. It was born. That was the purpose of it. And I remember putting up years ago some of the little audios put out by, after World War II, with, with the heads of psychiatric associations in different countries, stating that they demanded, they demanded the right to test everyone in society for all positions, basically. Now, there's control for you. And we've actually seen it in a certain area. Uh, they keep pushing and pushing the same agenda, like the Gerfic idea in Scotland they were trying out there. And I, I don't know if they've packed it in now or not, but they were tr- definitely pushing for, for everyone, and it wasn't just children, to be examined and, and, and ranked according to charts and all that with your psychological fitness and then motivated to do whatever your boss has told uh, you to do. This is the, the system we live in. It's, it's all to do with control freaks and so on. But the news itself, again, too, is changing all the time until it's not news at all. It's like manufactured, rather third-rate drama we get. It really is, isn't it? But one thing that Bernays said, too, he said, apart from you know, using existing institutions, 
He, he was also the, the master at, at setting up front organizations to promote products for clients. And so if you came with a bunch of minerals, for instance, and you gave it a fancy name like XYZ X22, see, it sounds better than vitamins, minerals. And there's a difference to that, that last, the first one now, XYZ, you know, 22, whatever you want to call it. There's a difference because the difference is like 80 bucks between that and, and, and minerals and vitamins. So, but what you do is, is you get a bunch of, maybe three or four, qualified doctors or, or pharmacists or people working in pharmacology, and you get them to, you, you form a little fake company. You, you can actually license it for a little while. Then you start publishing it. We have four top of the world's top scientists here who says that this, this uh, not mineral environment, it's XYZ, Dash twenty two, whatever you want to call it, is better than than minerals and vitamins, it's, yeah. and people will believe that. It's a very we're very trusting, and when something's said with authority, we want to believe it. But actually, and that's that's the main trick. So you know, doctors are given an awful lot of training, an awful lot of training, always to to, to be on top. Well, it's, today it's, it can, <laughs> I can work out that way too. But I'm saying on top of the patient's will, basically. Because they want a patient who will do what they're told. Who will simply obey. They don't want patients who question them. So they're taught to assert authority right off the bat. You know, the, down through history too, that can be a, a plus or a negative thing. It depends what they're giving you for treatments at that particular time. And when you look at the whole history of medication, even in the last hundred years or all through 20th century, uh, the horror shows from various medications and all the rest of it, they're now quietly tossed out the window because of the damage they did. And it took them years. Like always, it takes years and years and years before they, they actually come and admit to anything at all. Because they're businesses. So that's what Bernays said, is to, you know, get a few of them together, promote them into magazines. Oh, the, the, the so-and-so society of scientists, blah, blah, blah. I've said this product is fantastic, and here they are to tell you why. And, and that's how you, you push all that stuff. Same with everything else, climate change, you name it. Here's the scientists who are going to push this, and they're all on somebody's payroll. That's how it works. The whole system's like that across the board. But a, a, a really important thing is, too, Bernays said that... Rather, I keep, I've said this a few times before, rather, like it used to be, make good products and sell them to the public and have word of mouth. That's how it used to be. Word of mouth was awfully important up until about 1950s and 60s. I, I bought so-and-so from Sears, a lawnmower. It was awfully good. And so that's how the word got around. But some other model from some other place or whatever, and they named the model, if it wasn't so good, well... That would get around too, negative. And the big Bernays-type characters had already gone on board long ago, before that, even in the, the 40s and 50s, how to promote a car from being just a car to, to selling a person a dream, a fantasy. So they stopped talking about the engine, the reliability, the length of warranty on different parts of the engine and so on. They stopped that and started talking about colors and its sensuous shapes and stuff like that. And you can see the old ads is so so <laughs> obvious, and it gradually, and then freedom you, you got, which is true. You can get a bit of freedom if you can get away from cities and so on, absolutely. But those gave you this idea, and you'll still see it today. You're in a country road somewhere, and all the hills. It's not similar to your backgrounds. Just just you and the birds flying in the sky there, 
And uh, just, you're flying along there. There's no police after you go home. You're breaking the speed limit. None of that stuff. And your car doesn't break down. You've got a big smile on your face, big, big grin all the way along this road. Because there's no other traffic anywhere. And that's the dream that they sell you today. And, and it works awfully well. But everything's sold the same way today. Everything. So what you do is, Bernie says, stop selling a good product. Because the whole idea is to get as much profit off the schmucks as possible, who are in buy this thing, whatever it happens to be. And what you do then is convince them that they've got a good deal. And it really will be a good deal for as long as their imagination lasts. Some folk have a lot of faith in their imagination. They can last quite a little while. Other folk catch on pretty quickly and they're not happy at all. But Bernays said that. He said, don't make good products anymore. He says, for, for the top profit and everything else, cheapen it all. Sell it with the fantasy. And train the public. You train the public to suit your products as opposed to, to manufacturing good products to, to suit the public. Train the public to suit the inferior product. And that's where you are across the board today. With everything. Politics, news, you name it. Everything. Everything is like a, like a this, like a that. It's not the real thing. I can remember when you bought tools, and tools at one time, like, a, like Britain, for instance, there weren't that many stores that you would find, even at big hardware stores, that sold all the, the tools you could get in Canada or the States. Like skill saws and stuff, this stuff like that. Whatever you bought in Britain was always overpriced, and very few folk had these kind of tools. We came to Canada, and you had the good ones. And when you got a drill, electric drill, for instance, you could pretty well depend on that electric drill for a while at least, because they still had that little bit. Well, the world will get around if it just goes kaput in no time at all. But not now. They trained the public that, oh, it's six months old, or it's a year old, I should really get a new one. And that's how folk are with vacuum cleaners, with everything. They've trained the public. Here's this beautiful piece of plastic junk as a, as a vacuum. Oh, look, it's, 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 it, you can actually see the, the whirlpool effect inside of it, the vortex, or whatever they might call it, all the fancy nonsense to get to buy this piece of plastic recycled junk. And it works awfully well, because the folk now think nothing about it. Well, you know, I've got a year out of it. Meanwhile, the whole, the whole society are getting blamed for the wastefulness and the resources getting ruined. We're all getting blamed, and we're going to pay for it through our taxes, and we're already doing it. And now we're going to put flat taxes and carbon taxes across the board as it, as it train, wean you off the consumer society and make you pay, pay, pay for them to get richer at the top. For existing. Pay, you're going to pay for existing. And to say they've already trained you, don't expect anything to last very long. Well, it looks like an electric drill now. Meanwhile, this is not a shiny little plastic. You use it a few times, then, then the head... You know, the actual, the actual um, the chuck at the end where you put your drill bits into, it starts wobbling like crazy. You've only had used it three times, and it's worn right out already. Looks like a drill. That's, that's, what, that's what I mean by like us. Everything's like a, like a car, like a. And put plastic bits wherever they can, including inside an engine compartment, where it gets awfully hot. Plastic it doesn't like that very much. And that's how life really is, isn't it? But we get, we get, we've been trained very cleverly um, in so many areas that the techniques of neuroscientists studying us all the time and behaviorists studying us all the time, psychologists 
massive, huge profession today. They can't cure anybody of anything, but they can certainly study you and watch human behavior. And in that, they're accurate because they're always experimenting. Let's put this in the, the, the ground and see how many people stop, look at it, or pick it up, and whatever it happens to be in. Yeah. Constantly studying you, constantly studying you. By using these studies, they can manipulate us so easily now across the board without, without most folk even knowing. It never ends, does it? Never ends. And everybody's been taught to get stinking rich in this society. So as, as the old Bernays technique of destroying the old system completely, completely, and, and substituting the, the, their deities with themselves, you know, psychologists and psychiatrists and so on, to rule the world and how we should live and all that kind of what you should think and what you should say and what words not to say and blah, 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 and it's political correctness. Uh, we, we're, as we're all going through it, then you see the chaos all around you and where it's supposed to go. And then they train you, oh, you've got too much anyway. Too much what? Used temporary plastic junk that all broke down. Hmm? Oh, there's my Leica drill there. Oh, there's my Leica car there. There's my Leica. Because they're not the real thing. They're, they're Leicas, you know. Loose like a car, yeah. Until you take it apart and you see all the plastic bits everywhere, including the ones that I fixed just in the fall there underneath it, when it wouldn't go into gear because a little plastic bushing basically crumbled, broke off, and uh, the gear shift cable came off of it. Plastic, quarter an inch from an exhaust pipe. Mm-hmm. Yep. There you go. Like a car. But, but that's how they do it, isn't it? That's how they do it. And uh, we're trained, like Bernice is trained the public. Well, it's normal. And you'll hear people saying, oh, well, you know, I mean, oh, well. And everybody's at it, as I say, down the line to rip off the next person all the way down. As you lose your old culture, your old cultures which had at least a remnant of, of say, Christian lore for the remaining from Europe, of don't do this and don't do that and, and don't upset, don't rip folk off. But that's all out the window day. Because all, all you see in TV are the winners. Promote the winners. And when you have that, and there's no, there's no, there's no nothing, I mean, there's no punishment. There's, there's no sin anymore, you see. Then you do what you want. And the, the, the problem is everybody's ripping everybody else off. And literally, you know, we're going into a hell here. Because your governments are just the same, the same people, all drawn from the same pool of people. And they're going to start bringing you down to into utter austerity. Now, look at all these massive freezing spells we've been having here as we go through global warming. Double think, eh? We've been taught that it's our fault. Anthropogenic global warming is causing this, you see. It's all your fault. They can't change their, their, their agenda. They're all lit. When these people swear an oath of allegiance in and to one agenda... These are the same people who bring you to wars and all the rest of it. Uh, then this is it. They're going to change. They won't. Ch- they'll go through the whole. Even though it's all absurd, they'll go through it. Because the idea is to take over. Everything's banking on this. That you must start to believe it's all your fault, so that the specialists again can come into your lives and run it from birth to death, and I mean minutely. Old plan, well published from well over a hundred years ago. And I've read all the sources before. And these aren't little little guys hiding in the internet somewhere. These are people who, who are the top of universities. They work for the, the richest folk on the planet. And the Burton Russells and H.G. Wellses and all the rest of them. They said where they're going to take us all. And now they're going to take you into 
austerity. And, along with that too, fuel poverty. Because you won't be able to heat yourself as much as you think you should or you could. Just like Britain has, has been, Britain's been the test base for quite a few years now. And lots of folk die in their own homes now in the winter time, And it's normal now. Mainly older folk. Because they can't afford the, the, uh, the fuel. Now when they take away, when they limit you from choices, you should be, don't, don't be celebrating it. You should be very wary when they take away your choices, how you heat yourself or how you feed yourself or anything else. Because it's all to do ultimately with singular control of everything. Think about that. And when they ban all your coal or all your wood and all these other things you could use, uh, and let's be honest, who, who gives it the, the people a right to ban anybody else from, from staying alive? Huh? Think about it. Uh, you're back to the Bernays fancy titles that, well, you know, this, this agency said, you know, this agency, you know. Huh? This? this is a new Bible of government, the agencies. Like there's seraphim or something. And they train you to believe, oh, the agencies are rubbish. No, no creature on the planet should tell another creature how, what to eat or how to live to, to survive. But that's what you're going through, or even where you live. Because we condemn a lot of houses for, because it's not thermally efficient. As you go through the global freezing because of the global warming. <laughs> and that's the world we're in. But old ideas and with the Bernays techniques and all that, they can bend your mind to believe anything. And don't forget why they picked this term democracy. And it is a mocking. The mock part is true. It's because if you say something sensible as an individual, and you say, I, I don't see why I should pay this head tax this new head tax, which is coming, by the way, a flat tax across the board for, for carbon output, because you breathe CO2 and stuff, because you're alive, therefore you should get punished for being alive. The wealthy elite at the top shouldn't be punished to be alive. They're higher on the totem pole. But you should get punished for all, because you're breathing. You're breathing their air, you know. You're eating their food. Hmm. You're using their recycled plastics. So it's all your fault. So you're going to get a flat tax across the board. To punish you, you're affecting the climate because your existence. But they're, obviously, they're not at the top affecting the climate. No, they're there to save it all. But you're the problem. Now, I, I watch the animals a lot outside. And I, I, I've had chipmunks there. And none of them tell another chipmunk how they should live. Or stop eating that stuff and eat this stuff over here. They don't do that. Same with the squirrels, same with the birds, and same with everything else. But isn't it so great that human beings... They've got this gift of abstract thinking and have language. And the first thing that, that comes along the pike is a con man that notices this and says, I can use that against them. And before you know it, you're sitting there, or you might be on your knees praying to them. So, you know, thank you, thank you. I didn't realize I was saying the wrong things and eating the wrong stuff. And, and, and I, was, I didn't realize I was breathing your air. I'm really sorry. Do you really see how absurd it is? Everything in, in, from the beginning of time in this world, when it comes to human affairs, is about power. And who is in power over whom? That's what it's about. Winners and losers. Winners and losers. And unfortunately, in the system, where anything goes to get rich, 
the biggest psychopaths are the winners because they rule all, all over you. Then they can hire lots of Bernese types to f- figure out new scams to control you and manage you and live off of you much, e- much better than they're even doing now. And that's incredible now. If you were to take the wealth, the wealthy people's lifestyle in, say, 1950, and compare it to the same equivalent uh, status of C- CEOs, or the top CEOs of corporations or today, it, it, it's an enormous gulf that they've moved up on. It was, back, it was amazing back then, but now the profits they can get off, off say, China, for instance, where it's awfully cheap to, to get anything made, and materials too, and with all the scams of free trade to suit the big corporations. Even the people who live in Canada and other countries who signed on to this thing are paying, are, we're paying the shipping and the postage from these third world countries. And what a joke. You can't imagine calling China a third world country. How many, how many billionaires do they create every week now? Hmm? But anyway, we're paying to ship this stuff in. That's part of the free trade deal. And you wonder why it lands on your doorstep and it's so, you know, and you're, well, well, but you can't even post it within your own country, the same item. For under 20 bucks, maybe 40 or 50. Huh? Free trade. Everything is a con and a racket for the same elite bunch at the top. And isn't it sad, eh? It's, it's rather sad. But anyway, that's the way it is. And now they're going to overdrive. As, as When they really push all their geoengineering even to the full and complete manipulation of the jet stream currents in the air. And that's old stuff. It's all admitted to declassify stuff from governments saying, yeah, we can we alter the jet stream and even bring it down and touch the ground if we want to, where it used to happen. But they can do it now with even the, the, the HARP-type uh, projects and have them all over the place now, not just in Alaska. And the whole thing is what, you know, you, you take um, Arthur C. Clarke. Think about it. Arthur C. Clarke's a science fiction writer. He said eventually, and it's, it's pretty well here when he, when he wrote about it, he said science appears like magic to the primitive mind. And you might think you're educated, but to the, to the current standards of the hyper-elite way up there, even the hyper-academic groups that are way above university levels, because there are other agencies and, and uh, types of learning way above that, believe you me. We are primitive. And what you're not, what you're not told about, because you're trained to believe they always tell you. What was it, what was it that Brzezinski said in his book, uh, Between Two Ages? He says the people can only talk about what they hear in the previous night's news or whether it's on television. That was written in the 70s, 1970s. He said eventually, and very shortly, he says, and which has already happened, he said they'll be unable to do anything without expert advice, the same as Bertrand Russell said. But he said, he says, they'll expect the media, the private media, they'll expect it, because they're trained that way, to warn them of anything that they should really be aware of. It'll be, it'll be an appendage to their brain, basically. And they'll expect it to do their media. They'll expect the media to do their reasoning for them. Do you understand the power of that? It's here. If you mention something that's awfully important and you have all the documentation, it will be ignored. Unless an authoritative figure from the media on television tells them that on the news. That's why they train them and they keep them, they keep you, you make you grow up with these faces, you know. 
until t- they're like grandparents and they're and they stand there with the, the, eye, the eyes really staring at the camera and they say something in a very authoritative voice. Must be true. These people are working for private corporations. They're part of a cabal of private corporations. I can remember miners way back in, in, in Scotland, for instance, the miners. And they had their, their places they'd hang around in the little town. One was, in, uh, there was a, a whole bunch of benches on, in the parks. And there was one park there, actually. They'd sit around there and chat. And as a kid, you'd play around there and you'd whistle on to you and do daft things. And they ignore you. But they talked awfully openly, you see, because they ignored you. And, and, and it's amazing, the knowledge that they had, and compared to today. A lot of these guys had gone down the mines when they were 10 or 12 years old. But they read and read and read like you wouldn't believe. But they also knew their history. And they knew the massive frauds from previous expose of cabals who own media and how they're used by for control. They knew the owners of them. They knew the histories of, of these different papers, newspapers and so on. They knew them. And they didn't trust them. But how cleverly it's all been brushed under the table today until they're back and they're authoritative. They speak for you. Think of all the little slogans they have. We speak for you. And all that kind of stuff. It's so easy, so easy, like Bernays said. If you follow the proper technique, to deliberately twist something around into its opposite without the public even being aware of it. I've watched this happen over many years. I've watched the, the, the so-called alternate media. It's called different names. It was even called Patriot Media at one time too in the US. The whole world listened into it in shortwave. Because a lot, a lot of the world never had rights and freedoms. They never had charters of rights and things like that. It was fascinating to them to give them ideas that they should maybe try and get the same for their own countries. The problems that have always been there with freedom for those who rule the countries, even potential ones who are vying to take over your countries. But there's always the power conflicts at the top. And they don't like people talking about freedom too much. They're much better when you're doing the Bernays thing, you're chasing sex forever. Your entire life, right into the old age home. And just don't cause any problems about asking questions about what's life all about, where's it going, and who, who's running it all. That can be a nuisance, you say. That's been happening and happening. I, I've watched the whole side of the alternate media turn 180 degrees, and the folk who follow haven't noticed. They haven't noticed. Until the old problems it talks about, of the right, especially in the U.S., don't exist anymore. Because as it's been phased out quietly, the topics, and so, the folk haven't noticed. Isn't that amazing? Isn't it clever? Credible, incredible management, really, on behalf of the big boys, the Bernese types, who are behind so much of what you see or hear or, and, and so on. That's how it is. And folk think they're simply going down through space, hurtling through space on this ball of mud. And some folks say it's a pancake. But the thing is, I think we're just going down there. It's all willy-nilly and it's all happenstance. Nothing is happenstance. Power plans like a big business plan. It's, it's future, way into the future, by making it happen, step by step by step. That's my first little prattle there. I wasn't meaning to prattle at all. I was going to give you some stories. And that's what they call them, stories. You know, And they give you his stories, which are his stories. That's what history is. And we're getting incredible rubbish today for, for stories, again, like a story, like, like a drill, like a tool, like a, 
And he, so here you have Leica, like a car, and like a story. Pure drama. Now, as something really happening in a, in a country, they'll give you this massive drama to do. Everything's like soap opera drama, isn't it? And I'll show you. For instance, we know there's a color revolution without the colors flashing around, going on in Iran. It's all planned. It's not spontaneous. Never is. We know from the previous attempts at overthrowing Iran from the inside. I've even read the articles from the CFR and every other organization involved. They call it soft power. And they'll send over often people to work in the universities. And from the universities, they create the little cells of the leaders for the radical groups who are going to help lead to protests and so on and teach them how to agitate. Uh, old, old techniques, old, all te- scientific techniques uh, and uh, agitprop, propaganda that is, they call it agitprop. And how to keep it all secret until the final moment. And you, but the thing is, too, I've noticed in the last few, of course, they've used Facebook. They did that in overthrowing Egypt's uh, uh, authorities a little while ago, not so long ago. Same thing. So they use these techniques. I've read the articles on the air with the flash mobs and all that kind of thing. It's just a, a recurrence to the same techniques put out by the, the agencies from our own countries to overthrow uh, other countries for some other reason. And, of course, everyone in that area in the Middle East has to be eliminated, according to the old PNAC group from the 90s that ran George Bush Jr. They wanted to eliminate a whole bunch of countries. They listed them all. I've read them all before. And they're still going at it. And they never stop. They never stop. It's like that old devil song, Time is on my side. Eh? And they've got all the time in the world to do it. If it doesn't succeed the first time, they keep go back and do it again better. And they keep at it and at it and at it. And often, you see, they'll try to destabilize a country. And as it's destabilized, uh, then, then our, our, our country... If you ever notice the country start to get... All, all become very virtuous and say, well, that, you can't do that to your people. And we forget that, that, that women are here, our own countries here, have been killing folk across there for, for forever, basically. But when, when, when someone tries to keep their authoritative government in power or overthrow it over there, and they get punished for it, we have to go out and f- over and fight them for some reason. Now, the Syrians, the, the actual Syrian people, and the Iranian people have, have big populations of different groups there. They have Christian groups and Jewish groups, big Jewish group in, in Iran, and, and so on. And as long as no one's trying to vie for power and overtake everybody else, it, it, it works. But now, of course, for other reasons, geopolitical reasons, that we're taking out. And really, uh, the big boys, like Brzezinski, for instance, the late Brzezinski, and the Kissingers, they really wanted those countries taken out and, and put into, literally, in their own words, into the Stone Age, just like Iraq, to make it safe for other countries to, to dominate it in, in that region. And that's why I was it's always power behind. Don't, don't fall for all these speeches, for goodness sake, of how suddenly... We're virtuous. Our countries are virtuous. And you're going to send your, your planes and, and, and you're going to over to bomb the folk and, and you're going to and slaughter them into accepting democracy. And the reason you get democracy, as we should know, but folk don't know and they don't think about, because all you get is the vote. That's democracy. And whoever they present for you, you pick is, is who you'll pick. And as Carl Quigley said, the Council on Foreign Relations, he says, it's always one of our people. Because everybody who's the top of every other party is a member of the Council of Foreign Relations, so it doesn't matter. But what happens back to the individual like you, as I was trying to mention earlier, before I started prattling on and rambling, is that democracy, when you say, I'm not going to go along like that, I'm going to do my own thing, and I'm going to eat what I want to eat, I want to say what I want to say, and I want to think, leave, leave my thoughts to me, 
and I'll think what I want to think, and I'll say what I want to say, and what I see, what I see is what I'll say, which is a no-no today. Is the, is the, the power? You can just feel a stifling power coming of of total the ruthlessness. There's no compromise in liberalism. It's the most intolerant bunch of all. But then power always is, isn't it? But when it comes to you, you, you try and stick to, to sanity, just sanity, basic sanity and logic, and they won't allow it. They're ruthless and vicious now. And when they use their governments to come down on you like a ton of bricks, you're really in trouble. So, so forget going over, to, going over to other countries and overthrowing their governments. You better stop and think, what on earth is happening in your own countries, for goodness sake? What are these movements? Who's behind it? Big story there. And there's different levels. The Bernays techniques at different levels of them. And often the ones above them are, are having a different agenda than the ones below them. That's the standard old technique that, that was learned long ago from the Jesuits by by the, the Illuminati boys. I hate that word, Illuminati. But, but that's, that's what Weishaupt, he took the Jesuit technique of confession, which is good for the soul, until all the members come in and they must have a confession. And it's, they're blackmailable. Then you use them. But you don't, they don't let them know they're getting used. You give them something which they'll truly believe in. And, and Weishaupt prattled about how stupid these people were that you use. Don't forget that. Anybody's getting used, stop it and think about that. He had a bishop, he said. So he said. And he explained the hidden meanings in, in the Bible to such an extent that it totally overwhelmed this bishop until he had tears. He says, it's all making sense now. Good con men can make you believe anything. But the trick was to use them in different layers and levels and degrees. That's what they call it. And the ones who did all the work and the fight and the die and all the rest of it would always be doing all that for a cause which was completely different from the ones at the top above them. But they'd never know it. Clever, eh? You wouldn't believe how intense we're, intensely we're studied. You wouldn't do it. But when it comes to the individual, as I say, in democracy, they come down and you say, well, why aren't you going along with, with this person here that's taken a grand loan out? They've sold their whole family and their children to get a loan. To, to, to thermally insulate their home properly to government specs. Why haven't you done it? And that's what they use. They've all done it. Why haven't you done it? They'll accept this. Why haven't you accepted it? That's what democracy is. That's why they chose that term. Because the mass of people will do whatever they're told. And they know it. They know it. Doesn't matter if it's a king or a tyrant or whatever, the mass of the people will always. In fact, as long as you leave them, you play themselves and give them lots of free time and booze and stuff, they'll go along with anything. They don't care. They really don't. I understand that point of view. I mean, you shouldn't. You shouldn't have to go through life always being on. But we have to. We do have to. Because we're living in such an, an age of deception. This is the age of deception. And speaking the truth is always said. If you speak the truth, it's considered to be a revolutionary act. You might say a terrorist act, you're saying the truth. What you see, what you think, what's obvious, what's sensible, logical, which, what, what is sane, that's made, getting made illegal as we speak. And it's going to get a lot worse. Remember, if you, if you understood what the radical world revolutionaries wanted to do, was to, like, like, like the Frankfurt School, remember, we were part of it. And I've read their articles where they said that, Adorno and the other ones, and, 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 and they said 
that they'd, they'd literally wanted to, to destroy the existing cultures of the West right down to, to, to everything was to, to everything was shattered and broken and destroyed, right down to promoting even necrophilia. Then they might start to succeed. In other words, the entire culture, all beauty, all everything, had to be utterly destroyed. Think about that. These are the times in which we live. Question everything. Don't follow people. Question things. Now listen, here's some things here on <laughs> the farce of the world, as you know. All these wars, by the way, and if they eventually do take out Iran and then take out Syria, they, still, they won't give up on Syria, I don't care what you, what you think. Then look at all the, the millions of migrants already, they call them migrants, but there are a lot more from all other parts of the, the, Africa too that are flooding in. Australia, for instance, has got a massive purge on right now because they've got huge, huge, huge gangs. And, and they said it from, from Africans that they brought in, uh, rampaging through all the stores and robbing, plundering, and beating folk up and getting away with it. They actually know they're going to get away with it because the government people are saying, oh, you know, well, don't touch them. It won't look good in the press. Those articles there. And then you got the same thing in France, same problem. And so if Iran gets taken, millions more are going to flood into Europe and everybody else. And they won't be too happy, will they? Cause and effect. Cause and effect. Cause and effect. Blowback, they call it. Well, they're bringing back prefabricated houses, which are awfully nice, actually. I wouldn't mind one myself. I'm sure it's properly thermally heated and all the rest of it as well. They're going to bring them back, these prefabs. And I'll show you some pictures of them on the, on the articles I put up. This is after 30,000 UK homes are given to migrants already. They're going to build more. They're going to build, they plan 100,000 pre-made homes to help solve housing crisis and so on. Not bad, this welfare state. And meanwhile, there's stacks of stories in Britain right now where folk who are raised there can't even get into hospital. They're even cutting back on, and they're dying in their homes now. They're not even sending the ambulances out, cutbacks. You can't have it always, remember. There's common sense and there's, 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 there's just a road to chaos, isn't there? That's what, so those are a few of the stories. Then you have this here to do with Iran and all this stuff there about Iran right now. They're using the Kurds again. Like the Kurdish-Iranian groups support protests for democracy in Iran, it says, right? The Kurds. And you've heard other people mention in the U.S. intelligence mention the Kurds before they're going to use the Kurds. They've been using the Kurds for a while with other countries too. And they're getting used. They'll get used. Maybe happily so. I don't know how they are, how they feel about it. But one of the main ones that, that right now has helped, helped to stir it all up in Iran is the Kurdistan Free Life Party, they call it. It's a leftist, nationalist, anti-Iranian government group, it's called. Waged war, intermittent armed struggles since 2004 against the Iranian government for self-determination for Kurds in, in Iranian Kurdistan. And it's a kind of almost planned and, and, and organized the communist uh, techniques, of course. U.S. Treasury named it the PJAK, they call it a terrorist group and a front for the PKK. And their fronts, these two groups are fronts for the Kurdistan Communities Union. And the CK, an umbrella group, uh, is, is, is also insurgent groups within Turkey, Iran, Syria. And Iraq, so they've been using them for all over the place by the intelligence agencies, naturally. And they consider them to be a terrorist organization for the U.S. That's what they claim, anyway. And Turkey and Iran too, naturally. 
Then you, again, back to the old color revolutions that they've tried before. Iran blacks out social media as President Rouhani slams Trump and addressed his nation after defiant protesters faced war, water cannon and hundreds of arrests on the fourth day of demonstrations. It's the same technique has been used before, but they're using technology. I, I gave that the talks from the British military, MOD, a think tank, quite a few years back, where they talked about the flash mobs and how they would use technology and their cell phones and so on to, to get them all rampaging or protesting or whatever. And this is standard stuff ever since. That's, it's your intelligence agencies that are using them all. And using a, a, a system called Telegram, which is, uh, I, I'll put the articles up, who invented it and so on. And they might even be intelligence guys themselves, intelligence agents guys, you never know. And then you find this one too. In Israel, it says Trump heads into the new year. These are the three decisions he must make on Iran. And they've got uh, other things they want him to do and so on. And then you get this thing nonsense too on this book coming out. As you've noticed, I'm sure you all noticed that this is the drama that they give you for news as opposed to real news anywhere. They give you drama, like this like TV soaps. And it says, uh, Ivanka seeks the presidency. Another big claims from explosive new books. Everybody's heard about the book and it's coming out on Tuesday or something. Written by Michael Wolff and goodness knows who else behind it. The prattling about clashes between Trump and his inner circle, etc., etc., and making deals about presidential futures and all this kind of stuff. Anyway, that's will be the prattle for the next week or so, as they divert you off from what's happening in Iran and other countries too. They always do this kind of thing, massive drama. It's almost like gossip stuff, isn't it? And it's something big is really happening. They've even pulled Kissinger in it. It says, what Kissinger meant by White House war between Jews and non-Jews, and one of them, these are from Israeli papers, actually, and Jewish papers in the States, too. It says that his quipped journalist Michael Wolff, and the subject is quoting Wolff's bombshell new book about President Donald Trump and his circle, is setting some head scratching. It's a war between Jews and non-Jews, Kissinger, the former Secretary of State, and National Security Advisor to Presidents Nixon and Ford, told Wolff, of the Trump White House. So the, the, apparently, again, it's a great build-up, it would be a great bestseller because they build it up in the typical Bernese technique, you know. Make folk want it and drool for it, and it's probably pretty pretty weak, you know. Once it's really out, though. There'll be more gossip rather than substance. And then the same thing here, another paper, too, for the Daily Mail. It says, it's a war between the Jews and non-Jews, Henry Kissinger tells Wolf. There's a growing rift in the White House between former Trump advisor Steve Bannon and Jared and Ivanka Trump, and so on and so on. They talk about the different conflicts that they've got on the go here, too. And that stuff can go on forever. It doesn't really bother me because I've seen this stuff for years and years and years. Drama, 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 as other things are happening, too. And I'll put all these links up, too, as I say. So if you want to read them, you can read them and see what all the gossip is about. But it's really a great build-up, isn't it, if you want to market a book, which is due out on Tuesday, apparently. I think it's Tuesday. That's good, that's good marketing strategy. And other papers, too, have got that uh, up about the same, the same big... Uh, that's going to be a big, big topic all week. Like, oh, God, I've got to find out what it means. Oh, I've got to find out what it means, and so on. <laughs> There's drama. And you won't get very far with it. Then you have this one. Again, I've mentioned... The massive influx, now they're starting to see more problems. Oh, they're admitting to more problems. They've covered up a lot in Britain, for instance. 
between masses of, of young guys flooding into the country. Young guys. Like armies of them, you know. And they, they try to hush up the fact there's certain areas, just like across other parts of Europe, that they can't go into now. Or it's rather dangerous if you do. Because they, they tend to see it as, a, as their own area now. This one here says, you're not welcome here. This is Kurdish Street. This is in England. What gangsters told the police is they offered bribes to stop the officers investigating drug dealing and human trafficking in, in their area. That's Nottingham in England. This is, get used to it because it's here to stay. Because this is the big plan, obviously. And I put the ones up too with the different uh, police officers getting assaulted in Paris. As attackers filmed it and laughed. And kicked her like a little rag doll, it says here. Uh, because that's, that's culture. Yeah. Modern life. That's the world we live in, eh? And the rest of it is, is, is just literally trash, junk, tabloid news we're getting now, isn't it? I'll even put up the revolution flash mobs and brain chips that I read out on the air at the time from, two, from 2007, I think it was. Soft power, they call it. That's the world we live in. That's the reality of it, isn't it? As we get, as we keep, as, you, as the people, I call it the people who own us all. They own us all. They own the world. The groups above it all. They, they don't, they use nations like private businesses and their militaries like private businesses too. Of course they do. That's not new. When Britain had an empire, the folk lived in slums, most of them. And yet people, the, the, the big top characters who owned things in London at that time, not all the London member, but, but the ones who lived in the right areas, they owned all of that. And they used the empire and, and, and its government in Britain to guard their empire and to send their armies over. And, they, and the taxpayers paid for all to police the empire so that the big boys could get their corporations on the go, and we put in the railroad lines to take all the resources out for the corporations. And what happens is the empire has fallen apart in the Great Depression, the 20s. The ordinary people had never had anything. They were peasants, they are starving. Right into a World War I, and at the end of that World War I, people were diverted from, from the front, too, remember, and put into another country, the same old thing. Egypt, Palestine, that whole region, remember that. And folk couldn't, they couldn't figure it out at the time. And you have to see who, who owned, who owned the, 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 the canal at that time over there. See who owned it. It's interesting. And nothing changes. Small groups run the planet, always will. And they'll have a, a myriad of intermediaries between you and them and groups and front groups and all the rest of it. And every facet of society, even your thoughts, and even what you complain about, are managed for you. Because you don't realize that the choices are already made for you and what you want to bitch about, talk about, uh, complain about, or even like. That's how you manage the world. And with, with the internet today and the incredible surveillance they have on you all, and you all volunteer to put it up every day, for everyone you see, and, and, the media, and I've read the articles from all the universities that are involved in studying you all on behalf of your owners to make sure it's all going properly. It's astonishing, isn't it? As I've said before, they love democracy because the majority can be counted 
on to go the way, the path of least resistance, which is what's pointed out to them on everything. Well, I'm sorry for this quick rant tonight, but I wasn't sure what I was even going to talk about, to be honest with you. And that's the way I prefer it. I don't like these planned things. Like, you're, you know, before you know it, you'll get somebody in to manage you, and uh, they'll manage you and produce you and all the rest of it, and give you a fake image and all that, and I'll be yelling on, the, on, the, on my talks or something. And no way. Uh, this, is, this is life. And uh, some folk chase incredible riches, I'd be happy to get enough just to get by and have a decent vehicle. But you won't even get that because your big boys and your masters, as I say, step by step will be taking your homes from you. Remember the end of private property. And you're all waiting to say, oh, we're not going to let you have private property. No, they do it by their means. Oh, we're saving you because it's an environment. Or, you know, that house isn't thermally approved. It'd be too carbon heavy. And it's dangerous to the planet. We've got to move you out of there. Many ways to accomplish the same things. Many ways. They're not stupid at the top. Always remember that. And it's a global agenda, the whole planet, eventually. And they'll, again, depopulate with it too. As you can't heat yourself, in comes diseases. As they take away your, your abilities to have decent food to eat when you tie protein so on. Again, disease will come in, it all works together And then when you get severe severe winters And you're not allowed to use this kind of fuel or that kind of fuel And you can't afford the rest Then you'll die That's what's planned Think about it when they push environmental nonsense And global warming nonsense The climate's always changed, don't forget it And with geoengineering on the go for years and years and years now How could you even get an honest report on the climate when it's already altered all the time with their spraying. For myself from Ontario, Canada, where it's about minus oh, 35 right now, that's about the same in both scales. It starts to even out around that level. It's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you.